Hi, welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that talks exclusively mad shit or deep shit about all your favorite horror movies. I'm Mary. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Rachel. And today we are joined by the lovely, the inimitable, the sensational Kelly Nugent. Kelly, tell us every single thing about you while we gaze at you lovingly via Zoom. Okay, I was born at 10.25 a.m. on October 21st. I'm not going to say what year. birthday coming up. I know, I have a birthday coming up. Uh, Libra, Sagittarius rising, if you want to know the rising, because I think that's very important. I was like, why else did you give us your birth time if not your chart? (laughs) Exactly. I am a podcaster, comedian, TV host, uh, person, cat lady, very into cats, very into spooky. So very, very happy to be here. Um, (laughs) I have a uh, a podcast called Teen Creeps, which talks about YA pulp fiction from the 80s and 90s. Think uh, Fear Street, Christopher Pike. Um, and I have a podcast that I just am releasing. It's a horror narrative podcast called Exile, in which a young yeah. woman uh, is exiled from the uh, town that she grew up in for a crime that she did not commit. It's in the post-post-post-apocalypse. Uh, she has to travel through the wilds to get back home. And along the way, she has to deal with monsters both real and in her memories. Uh, and so that's available wherever you get your podcast. And we'll link to that, listeners, too. <laughs> so in case y'all are listening and you're driving and you're like, oh, shit, what was it? Don't worry. We took notes for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're super excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Anyone who has ever been the voice of anyone on a video game ever is my life hero. And I just, <laughs> I'm very, st- I'm like starstruck. I just, oh. that's, that's all I want. All I want yeah. in the world is to be a character in a video game. I mean, it's, it's great. Besides um. the Sims I make of myself. <laughs> yeah, of yourself and all your middle school crushes. And then if they mm-hmm. don't reciprocate, you drown them in a pool. Totally. That's exactly what I did in yeah. seventh grade and maybe last year. Mm-hmm. Except for mm-hmm. I didn't drown him. I just took the door out of a room until he, you know, shit on himself and died of exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. I, no, no, I didn't. I never actually killed them off. I was like, well, see, this version of you is better because this one likes me. <laughs> now I ain't got to think about the real boy no more. <laughs> so today we're going to be discussing Tobe Hooper's uh, 1974 classic slasher, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. I know it's easy to get twisted up. So if you have not seen it, I actually was able to watch it for free via Roku channel called Tubi, I yeah. believe. Oh. It's also nice. available. It's on Shudder as well. If y'all it's on Shudder. Shutter. It was on Shudder uh, this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I Okay, because I'm a huge Shudder stan, and I don't, for some reason, I was just like not... I did not think to myself that I could find out that it was on Shutter. This is very so silly and stupid of me. For, for everybody everybody listening, everybody in the recording, um, if you're ever looking for something and you do have a Roku, if you search for it from the home screen, it's going to show you absolutely everywhere that has it and how, whether it's and free or free. And save you like with 25 the- minutes because then you have... Yeah. yeah, instead of and then there's like the mystery channels too, where it's like, what is this shit it's for mm-hmm. free? Okay, mm-hmm. I'll give it a shot, and then you yeah, find a so, whole bunch of old Cary Grant movies while you're there. So, mm-hmm. so, so like Tubi is the channel itself is free. I watched the movie for free, but they were like commercial breaks, and I was like, I am 
fine with this. Were the commercial breaks like the ones on Crackle, which are just like based on time and not at all based on like act break? Because sometimes like mid-sentence, yes. it'll be like commercial and you're like, oh, <laughs> Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I believe that is, I believe that is what happened, but it also could just be that my internet was acting up or something. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, if you haven't seen it, there are ways to see it for either free or on a subscription you already have, or of course you can rent it on Amazon, Apple TV, things like that. Um, so we've got plenty to run our mouths about cause oh my. So let's get down to business for our icebreaker. What skin mask would you find most comforting for Leatherface to wear while he bludgeons slash meat hooks slash chainsaws you to your agonizing death? Okay, so you know those like um those like moisturizing face masks that like are like you can be a Disney princess, but it's like scary when you wear it. I <laughs> yeah. think that because then he could moisturize his face but still look scary. Right. Wait, so we're saying what he would be wearing, right? Yeah, but like which one would you be like, at least if this is how I have to go? You know, um, I'm happy I'm happy that that's what he's wearing today. Ariel. Yeah, the Ariel The Ariel sheet mask. Sheet mask. Because then cause because <laughs> when I was a little kid, that was my favorite movie. Well, actually I was like, Why does she want to go beyond land? Like I didn't understand like Yeah. That seemed love. I was like I was like being a mermaid's tight, like why would you wanna and like no offense, but he's kind of a dud. So like yeah. maybe just be like it's chill to hang out with your dad in the water. And then she did not choose that. But it still was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like seeing that it would be I'd be like, oh, I remember when I was like, you know, six and like really into this. And then did you have the the sheet set? <gasps> yes, I did. Oh, my Same. God. I had the like the squishy comforter thing, too. Like, I like not to... a duvet, but a comforter. Right. Right. Yes. I used to like myself around the house with my hands like lying flat like I had a tail. yeah 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 um, <laughs> singing singing part of your world yeah Aladdin sheet set oh hell yeah hell yeah see that that's how you can tell exactly how far apart in age we are yeah yeah <laughs> just those couple of years make a critical difference big difference I remember that my uncle lived on a farm and he had this huge rock that was just like on his farm and I would sit on the top of it like Ariel and I would go like ah it was I probably peaked at that time. This past weekend, um, my boyfriend's niece, who is three, kept bringing me like seashells at the beach. Uh-huh. And I was like, ooh, this one's really pretty. Do you think a mermaid's voice used to be in there? And she would be like, <laughs> and like run away. She'd be like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. It's like, mm. Cool. I was like, you don't understand. If you were 30 years older, that would have really landed. Like, you yeah. don't get it. Killed, killed. Kill. I know your audience, I guess. I know. Yeah. <laughs> know your audience. Like, this audience, this this particular group of four women is basically just the hot version of Ursula, Vanessa. Like, I think that's aesthetically the intent at all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love Ursula. Stan. Mm-hmm. No choice but to stand. None. Not at all. We're all Ursula. All right. Who's 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 got a skin mask they want to share? Who's got it? Uh, okay. So I had a really weird uh, process of selecting. I don't have the uh-huh. answer, but I have the formula. Gotcha. Okay. So if, they, if Leatherface was wearing the face of someone who on association I knew was very evil, 
I would be like, well, at least he got them first. first. Oh. So he's not going to get anyone. Like, that person is not going to get anyone else. So by the transitive See? property, I'm falling on a grenade. You're welcome. Yes. Oh. See, I... Yeah. I had a similar thought process, except that I kept coming up with people that I was like, I would be chill with knowing they bit it, um, who also are terrifying looking while they're alive, or to mm-hmm. me, are terrifying looking while they're alive. That's why and I, I was didn't like, have oh. the answer. I had the formula. I wonder, are you worried? Okay, so you this is the you think that this is the thought process you would have. Are you worried that at the last minute you'll be like, oh no, but I'm roped in with them? Like, if them, then me? And like... Like, what is it that, like... Yeah, what's like the when you, unifying like, factor? Yeah. Like, when you find out that your SO's ex is either way too much like you or way too different from you, and you're yeah, like, whoa, whoa, right. if you like that and you like this, then yeah. I don't even know what's going on in your Do life. you even know who you are? Have an original thought. Like, what... what yeah. You just take you whatever's want. thrown at you. Not that I, I do, throw myself I do. at people, but I'm just seeing <laughs> if I could. Okay. Well, that's that's nice for you. That's I, I'm dependent on it to function, so... <laughs> I would never have companionship if I weren't just flinging it left and right. I was just being polite, dude. We have all flopped gracelessly from insincere bastard to one, from one to the next. Like, yeah. Who among us has not? Yeah, I can't throw stones. Um, Yeah, so I had a similar thought process to you, Mary Kay. I just didn't. I don't know that I really landed on a specific one, but we found out today that Stephen Miller has COVID, and I'm like, I think he might look better afterward. Like, like as dead. the mask, as the mask, because he's just very unnerving looking now. Mm-hmm. And I thought, geez, this is dark. <laughs> also, it's 2020. Like, I, I don't know how accountable we can hold ourselves for having dark thoughts at this point in the year. Right. No. Mm-mm. What about you, Rachel? What you got? That bears eat beets. Dwight K. Schrute all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good choice. I, I, that's the non-dark. As soon as I said, this is dark, that was dark, I thought, man, Rachel's isn't going to be dark. That ain't Rachel. God damn it. <laughs> She's going to make me look like a real creepy bitch. First of all, our, if our icebreaker is about skin masks, what the fuck is this movie? Oh my God. Like, what was the moment that made you actually yell what the shit the first time you saw it? Okay, so... Uh, the first time I saw this, I was in college, which was a long, long eras ago. But uh, I didn't retain a lot of it because back then I was a scaredy cat and I was like half watching through like spread fingers. But this time I remembered a lot of it, but I didn't remember in the in the first scene with people in it that they put out two fucking two by fours for Franklin to roll out of the van on. What the fuck? Like that is your, that is your last ditch, effort. Like you, that should not be the standard. And then he falls, no. and I was like, "Y'all, this is not. If he's not this... the protagonist, you shouldn't do that." Yeah. Horrible. 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 Anything else <laughs> that just made you go like, "What the, what?" And everybody was like getting exasperated with him because he was differently abled. And I was like, yeah. um, have a fucking heart, dude. I feel like, like this movie was, you know, in the 70s. So that was like sure. before empathy. So like everyone was like, so everyone was so mean to Franklin. Like I was like so angry uh-huh. because like 
because of the two by four situation. I also like so time for me to say that I'm a big horror lady. I have never seen this goddamn movie before until I hadn't either today. So truly like I was like my first moment where I was like, oh, okay, this movie is this was (laughs) when they were like the opening shots are like, look at these decayed bodies. I was like, whoa, okay, like because I feel like a lot of like scary movies or horror movies like they don't open with just like, look at these corpses. Like they're like, we're going to build up to it. You know, there's going to be some suspense and some whatever. Also, just generally my like what the shit was like everyone's intense pit stains like everybody was sweating through their clothes and I felt really bad for everybody okay so that actually loops into a comment about the production that I wanted to share so y'all you can if you watched it you know this was low budget right um like they were they were running on their shoestrings and uh which meant that everyone was wearing their costumes continuously. Like some of them either could not be washed. For example, Leatherface's costume could not be washed because it had been specially dyed and they could not afford, like they had no means to recreate it. He wore the same shirt continuously without washing it in Texas in the summer for two months. Ew. Um, and that was true about a lot of them. So, um, Oh, who's, who's sort of the, the purple, that purple shirt that, um, Sally, 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 the most like generic white lady name, Sally. From the seventies. So she, she was washing her own shirt on a regular basis and, or shirts, I guess she had maybe two or three and, uh, they were stolen from her laundry. (gasps) Stop. So she had to go to the store and find one and they had something, they had like, something close enough, like right enough, but it was like a size too big. So she just had to wear this floppy ass shirt <laughs> continuously again for the rest of production. Like there were, there was, the clothing aspect of this movie is grim. And yeah. from a, from a representation standpoint with, with Franklin's presence in the movie, there's kind of this weird balancing act going on because on the one hand, I do not feel that the representation of Franklin, like Franklin is an example of like humane representation. Like that's like, no. On the other hand, you have Leatherface himself. Yeah. And the way Gunnar Hansen approached the role and what Tobe Hooper thought about or felt about that character. And Gunnar Hansen's like read of the script was like, oh, this man is, is cognitively delayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he spent time in care facilities, in hospitals, in camps and schools, like spent time in uh, the disabled community so that his representation of, you know, an adult man with a cognitive delay would be as, as truthful as he could make it. Um, so there's like all in the one stew pot, you know, it's like. I don't, how much credit can you give here when you know you have to take it away there? How much, yeah. like, they don't well, cancel? And, yeah, and, like, is, I mean... It's a horror movie, so... Yeah, well, and, like, um, while the actors uh, thought of, like, I want to do this accurately and I want to do a lot of this work to, to make sure that it's accurate, at the same time, you, you can't do much about the fact that 
despite that, we still have this character as this villain that like his first inclination is to eat people. And like that is like tricky. I think. I, I read that as definitely something that was taught to him. Uh huh. Oh, by the think, family. Yeah, yeah. By the grandparents um, and the yeah. Like yeah. the 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 family aspect of it was much scarier to me than Leatherface just by himself. Uh-huh. Yes. Um. Yes. Because because then, like the hitchhiker was super weird. Blah. Y'all, super that, weird. Yeah, and, and that seemed to me also like he was maybe cognitively delayed, but that both of, I don't know, I don't know what it is about them, but it seems like something happened to them, not something like, was, yeah, not well, not like it, not like it was a an inherent thing. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, it's just not the, genetic. It's not. It's not right. Yeah, like yeah. So it's the way they've been neglected or something that mm. makes them not understand. How, or especially the hitchhiker, how social interactions are supposed to go. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, like something, something that the, uh, a, a number of people involved with the production have have agreed with is the description that for Leatherface, there's nothing under the mask. Like mm. he wears the mask, he is the mask, so that he can be that that mm-hmm. person or 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 embody that feel like like take on that that feeling or that identity that without mm-hmm. a mask, he's not he doesn't either he doesn't have like a a sense of his own identity at all or he is not comfortable Mm -hmm. expressing like parts of his identity unless he is wearing somebody else's face to do it um and that as such like the impulse to kill people or eat people is not his it's okay so he basically has borderline personality disorder i mean it takes one to know one so i mean like i mean Mm. i i maybe he um He's, yeah, like he did, it's he, not that he cares about killing or eating, but his family does, and that, like, he does everything they tell him to do, exactly oh, what yeah. they tell him to do. Well, because they tell him to kill Sally. They mm-hmm. tell him, like, everyone's controlling him. He's definitely one of the more sympathetic killing machines mm-hmm. we've yeah. seen, like, in anything. <laughs> For I, sure. I found myself, like, caring. Like, I was like, oh no, little buddy. Like, what if, what if we just got you with a nicer family? His family was jacked, dude. His family was messed up. And it also had those kind of like, you know, like the the stereotype of like backwoods, probably right. incestual family, like kind of like that kind of thing. I have yeah. a question about one of the masks he was wearing. Do we think the makeup lady mask? Who yeah. did that makeup because girl? So I I I think that's one of the tropes of the genre and then also this um, premise is loosely based on the crimes of Ed Gain. Yes. Yeah. So um, Ed Gain, you, y'all, I'm in a, I might not, I've never looked up how to actually pronounce his last name because it, I think it's Gain. So one of the things that uh, Ed Gain was so sort of fa- infamous for is uh, a kind of gender dysmorphia mm. Um because uh, he, because he was abused, because of his uh, he was sexually abused yeah. as a child for being a boy, basically. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't mean to say that that's what the case is with all gender or any. I have no idea. Um, but it was it was such like a heavy hitter that um, it worked in this movie. It worked in Psycho before this, which this mm-hmm. movie takes a lot of its tenets from, and it worked in Silence of the Lambs, which is like another iteration of the. Ed Gein, Gain, Gein, whatever. Mm. 
It's, um, I looked it up. It's Gein, and now we all know, and we can never care about it again because, yeah. again, murder. Murder. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, victim first and yeah. and mm-hmm. then murderer. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think that probably our culture has us kind of feeling for him more than we're supposed to in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's bad. I just think that that's something to observe, especially because in the in the case of the family, I think that Leatherface and Franklin are supposed to be foils. Yeah, they where, are, for sure. Right. So, um, And they are pretty much de- almost completely dependent on their family situations, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is fair for either of them as as characters and as rep- being represented as as people with yeah. disabilities. So, because that's... No, yeah, right. when, when, <laughs> that Franklin, ain't a fair standard. when Franklin died, I couldn't stop thinking about Caitlin's, like, when do we get to live? Right. Um, that was, that, that was resonating with me as we, as we watched, because I was like, maybe this is. Oh, so the answer is when you're the bad guy, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah. maybe this is going to surprise me. Maybe it's a, no. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I, I seriously was like, are we going to have, like, I truly, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, oh. <gasps> Maybe we're gonna have a final boy situation, and like he's gonna be mm. the final boy, like in Freddy uh, Two, um, Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Um, but uh, no, he was murdered uh, very quickly. I mean, yeah. everyone. I feel like the teens in this were murdered so fast, except for Sally. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. when Sally didn't die, I was often like, "How?" <laughs> right. When she gets away. When she gets away from the hammer situation, I was like, "Girl." Good for you. I don't think any of us could do that. That <laughs> like, was such a how. like a Hitchcock freaky part where it's like grandpa can't hold the hammer to kill her. That yeah. where it's That's... like, is he gonna pick it up? Is he gonna do it? Is he what oh my god, I can't take the suspense. Yeah, they fucked up because at that point she was like, Okay, I tried being polite, but like um I'm getting really it's bored yes. now. This yes. is this is becoming an issue. I'm losing steam, so I have a window I gotta jump out of. Later. She jumps out of windows more often than Leatherface kills someone with a chainsaw. And it's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It should have been called the Window Shattering Escape. So, okay, so I I know that this is about chainsaw murder, but to me, the scariest murder was Kirk's in the beginning where he gets hit with a sledgehammer (gasps) and then he seizes. And then he hits him again, and I was like, "Fucking a!" Like mm-hmm. I can't. I'd rather see the gore than mm-hmm. that. Well, that's and that's their own callback too, because when they're in the car, the hitchhikers talking yes. about that, like they're talking about the slaughterhouse yes. and and how it was like the air gun versus the hammer, right. and which was more humane, and and how that hypothetically, like this death was was a humane one and but they might twitch after and then we get to actually see this happen yeah. so j- continuing to like build out that imagery of the house itself as a slaughterhouse so uh one of the many films and i wrote a list down just because i could think of them off the top of you my did. head that pays homage to this movie is no country for old men mm-hmm. with uh sugar's use of the the air, uh, I don't know even what you call uh, that. Air gun. The air gun? His, his mm-hmm. modified yeah. oxygen tank. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you could look at, I mean, basically, like, this is the movie to reference if you're going to have a horror movie, and if you don't, like, who even are you? 
Like it's that it's that gold standard of a slasher. <laughs> yeah. And it also yeah, I mean this movie is like so representative of like pre-80s horror in that it's like so slow paced like there are certain (laughs) like there are certain moments where he is dragging where when the uncle is dragging her through the like gas station place Mm -hmm. that it was like real time dragging and I was like this is I'm shocked at the pacing like because you know 80s onward was like it's so quick and like so but I, I like how um patient the storytelling was at times. Yeah, exactly. And with that pacing, because it was so mm-hmm. slowed down, my dumbass was thinking that he was legitimately trying to help her and <laughs> yeah, he was too. just taking a long time to get his, you know, truck up and going, maybe like clean out the front seat because it was like kind of funky, kind of nasty. And I was thinking that, that, you know, the killer would come in while he was doing all that. Like a dumbass. That See? moment when she sees the barbecue. Exactly. Yes. On the fire. I'm like, oh no. And it's like, because uh, that's why they've been digging up the bodies. Right. Is right. To, I get, to and eat them. Also, eat them. bearing in mind that the whole gang ate barbecue sandwiches earlier. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wish I could put my finger <laughs> on, uh, on what it was in that scene that I was like, no, he bad. Um. But definitely the lingering shot of the barbecue pit, then the lingering shot of her face staring horrifically at the barbecue pit, then the return to another lingering shot of the barbecue pit was like, okay, no, I I got it. (laughs) I I got it. You know, you put the the shots in order, so I connected them with my brain. I'm good. (laughs) Like, but did Um, you see? But did you see? Okay. Just just in case. So... Speaking of, of, of like the horrible premise, um, I just need to say out loud that the premise of this plot, the movie's plot, is that Sally and Franklin get a van of kids together to go check to see if their grandfather's grave has been desecrated. Is that what they were doing? Okay, because I was yeah. like, oh, maybe they're just going to visit their, because I, I guess I just didn't catch it. I thought they were just visiting her childhood home, and I was like, oh, that's kind of macabre. What The plan is much worse. It evolves. Oh. Yeah, it evolves. I, I they, don't they... think I picked up on that. I thought it was going to be like a spring break type thing. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, why are they listening to the news? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and they pull up, and she's like, yeah, I'm trying to see my granddaddy's grave. And, like, this random dude's like, oh, I'll take you to go see him. I definitely ain't going to molest you. But he's definitely, like, trying to molest her while she's, like, trying to look at her granddaddy's grave. Yeah. This is when I feel what I feel like I'm getting weird and dark. I'll just remember that in this movie, they set out to see if their grandfather had been disinterred. Yeah. And once that task was done, they were like, let's go Let's go swimming. T- Let's go visit our <laughs> decaying childhood home. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, we've been dark. It's not just 2020. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of that house, and also speaking of that moment of the movie when you're like, oh, it's going to be like this, was when he, Franklin was in the house, and they were all up in, like, the other rooms, exploring, doing all the things that able people can do that he can't, and he just went, pfft, pfft, pfft. <laughs> Like, all of the raspberries in this movie. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) A lot of blowing raspberries in this film. (laughs) Lots of blowing raspberries. 
Yeah. The most ultimate insult on the playground as a kid was a... So mean. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Dude, that moment in the car with the hitchhiker... I felt like everyone's acting was so good. Like their horror at his behavior, like, and them trying to be like, everything's cool. Like when he gets out his knife, his knife, and he's like, I've got this knife. And um, I forgot his name, but the guy who dies first, I think. Kirk. He was so good. Yes. He was like, he was like, hey man, yeah, we see it's, it's really, it's really nice. Put it away. And I was like, damn, this dude should get an Oscar. Everyone was so good in that scene. That's yeah. what we called in the industry planned ignoring. Yeah. Yes. Where you just take everything in stride. Mm-hmm. Also radical acceptance where you're like, yep. oh, you tried to kill someone. I bet that wasn't very fun for you. Like you just have to kind of take it ma- like yep. in a magical just realism type of really way. Really like mm-hmm. matter of, stay, yeah. stay, ma- stay matter of fact with it. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it without, without dwelling on it. Because if you dwell, then the attention is still there. And mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that guy is 100% Freddy and Scooby-Doo. Like, <gasps> matter of fact, all totally. of them. Like, this is 100% the um, mystery machine van with all of the said characters. Like, where is Scooby? Where is the dog? And then the guy driving is their non-traditionally aged friend <laughs> who is supposed to be a teen but is 47. <laughs> that guy. So I... Every time he asked, a, not when he was talking to the hitchhiker, but his sort of decompression and processing afterward, I was like, Rachel, that's Rachel. Rachel would be asking those questions. She would be dwelling on the weirdo and just being like, why do you think, do you think I made him mad? Like, do you think, why did he cut himself? Why, what was he going to, like, I just, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like Rachel is fascinated with that kind of Oh, yeah. Yeah. Behavior. Honestly, when he was like, do you think I said something to make him mad? As a response <laughs> to that man cutting his damn arm, I was like, mm, girl, same. <laughs> like, I <would> also. <laughs> so I feel you. I feel you. I would. I would, too. Yeah. You know, when they're in the car and they're like clearly getting weirded out, I was like, uh, y'all did this to your damn selves. You oh, shouldn't yeah. have been predicting the future, ho. Yeah, and Sally even predicted it. She was like, don't pick him up. He's yeah, Sally, Sally knew. And you know he smells like a slaughterhouse. Don't get an extra stinking so, body in here. Yeah. So you know you know what happened, though, is that um, apparently the takeaway from this movie overall was don't pick up hitchhikers. Crime went down in Texas 18% because people stopped <gasps> picking up hitchhikers. Amazing. Really? Huh? Uh-huh. That is the goal that every horror movie should have. Mary Kay, do you remember Maxwell? Yes. For those of you who don't know, I had an ex-boyfriend who grew up on Martha's Vineyard, which is an island mm-hmm. off of Massachusetts. And not the most common way, but <gasps> a very common way of travel is actually... Hitchhiking. I went to I went to an island. Yeah, I went to an island called Bowen Island off of the coast of Vancouver, and it's the same. So I was driving around there with my husband, and we were like, "Why are all these people hitchhiking?" And I was like, "Hell no, we are not picking up these damn people." And then there was like a big sign that was like, "Hitchhiking is a way that people travel." So like that's normal. What is that with the island thing? Well, they can't get away. Like if they're trying to get in your car to yeah, that's what I'm saying though. Yeah, they're trying to get in your car to start shit. 
Yeah. It's not like they can get away. Yeah, they can't run to another city. They're on the island. Yeah, yeah. So with the islanders, you have to understand, no, it, they're very insular, yes. And then they also, oh, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the whole year round, they're in the off season. So there's only jobs, anyth- anything happening during, you know, a couple of months out of the year during the summertime. And then everything else just completely shuts down. Most places, I mean, I don't know about like yeah. everybody knows everybody type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had a good, I had a good friend in college who grew up on Martha's Vineyard, and he same sentiment that it was like, yeah, it's in the summer, it's wild because it's a tourist attraction, but the rest of the year, it's a it's a small town. Mm-hmm. I have a confession. <gasps> Do, are you a hitchhiker? No, no. <laughs> are you but, killing hitchhikers? No. But one time in college, I did pick up two hitchhikers together. Together? You were you were outnumbered? It was raining. Mm. And I felt really sorry for them. And as soon as I did it, because I was like, that, this was in my hippie phase, right? Where like, everybody just help each other. Mm-hmm. And the mm. dread that entered <laughs> my spine... Oh, no. When I when they got in my car, I was like, "This is not the right. I shouldn't have done that. Nothing. They just made me drive a lot farther than I thought that I was." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going home now. You can hop out here." And they did, yeah. and then it was over. But it was scary. That is scary. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Never do it. Also, I think like while they were in the car, I was on the phone. Oh, so. Yeah, well, I've also I've also had a legit, It's not like, good. It's less bad. It's still mm-hmm. bad, but anyway. I've I've had a moment akin to that when uh, a friend ordered me an Uber. Mm. So I said like I'm just going to take the bus home. I'm just going to take the bus home. I'll live off the express line. It's fine. And she was really insistent and she wasn't even in the in the city, in the state at all. But she like asked where I was and sent the driver to that location and I got in the car and I realized that there would now be no record of me traveling <gasps> this path with this person. Oh, very bad. Because it's on her account. Yeah, that's why you're not supposed to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, for real. Like, I, I, it came out really snarky. Like, clearly she was your friend trying to help you out. But you're not supposed to do that for that reason. Oh, really? Okay. And then does it line up with your... But Yeah, oh, okay. you'd have to, like, attach them to it. Yeah, I haven't no, taken I was... an Uber in since the beginning of COVID, so me neither. Well, this was this was years ago at the oh, sure. time too. Yeah. So like, but yeah, there was definitely that. And my my driver was lovely, and I everything was fine. But I definitely had that kind of like realized like wait, yeah. Oh, this is like normally I'm like with a ride share. I'm like if you if you're gonna pull something everybody gonna know mm-hmm. like okay but um but in that circumstance i was like oh no the thing that usually makes me feel comfortable with this is totally gone so mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yikes like when i've been going on dates here like i drop pins i'll like text people out of state even and be like all right this is where i am this is the dude's yes. name yes mm-hmm. that's what pictures. you're supposed to do yeah i i've been on a on a lift ride that um i asked to be let out because it was the man was taking me completely in the wrong direction and was like getting on the freeway when he didn't have to. And it was like, like it was 
like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the LA area, but basically he was going on a freeway that didn't even go like I had to be going south Where? and he was going east west. East west, yeah. And I was like, um, I'm actually, you know what? I'm so good. I'm 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 good. I'm gonna just get out. And then he was like, oh, you, you can't get out. And I was like, can you just please exit right now? And I'm I'm gonna get out. And I got out and I called a different one, which is not much better, but it was scary. And reported him. Yeah. Good. Okay. But of course, guess what? Probably nothing happened. I love if how this do ep- it, it will. Yeah. I love how this episode has just spiraled into hey, it's terrifying Cautionary to be tales. a human. Hey, it's terrifying <laughs> to be a human woman. It like, is. If you are a human woman who wants to get from place to place, everything is bad. It is. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, I mean, and I think it's funny, too. You know, as I was watching this, there were so many moments where I was like, I need to rewind. What? <laughs> because between that pacing or the fact that, like, when something did happen, it often happened quickly. Mm-hmm. There were several moments that I was like, wait, no, I think I, I missed something important. But even so, like, we're still having this, like, this whole, like, this very personal relationship to the story, to the material itself, you know? Like, I mean... Clearly, I've never had a mostly decayed old man suck blood out of my finger. Y'all, that, oh, I was so disgusted by the entire situation of, like, the grandpa and the, like, just the, that entire extended Mm -hmm. dinner scene was very upsetting. How was that one dinner so long and the movie was only an hour and 26 minutes long? That dinner was days long. It was so It was because long. he had to take his food in liquid form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like he was also, too old to chew. Mm-hmm. The, like I'm sure you guys know this trivia of the experience shooting the dinner scene. So it was like I, 105 mm-hmm. degrees plus the lights and the makeup for the grandpa guy took like, I think like tw- twelve hours t- or something, like a it long took a time. long time. And then so he, by the time he got that makeup on, he was like, "I am not gonna do this again." So let's do all the scenes that we need to do for this. The food, the meat was rotting on the table. Of course, everyone, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone was sweating so much. The room reeked of bo and rotten meat. Where to mm-hmm. a point where people were barfing like people, people that worked on set were barfing the guy that plays the hitchhiker said he he served in fucking vietnam and he was like this was the worst experience of my life because yep. it was literally and they were so heat stroked that um the guy that played leatherface literally like when the brother tells him kill sally he was like okay in his head as him he was like okay i, I want i'm gonna get yeah. her yeah, no, so they were experiencing actual, like, like cognitive, like, they, there is a degree to which that exposure to the rotted meat and the yeah. heat like that actually, like, affects you psychologically in a measurable way. It's so called, these like, folks are, like they're, so th- Yeah, so they're over-identifying with their characters, hmm. which we don't want. All of those characters are terrifying. Um, the... Um, Oh, it was the middle of the day while they're shooting a lot of this. So they had to have blackout curtains up, which increased the temperature in the room. So it's 105 outside. In the room, it's 120. Um, and they got the lights. 36 hours continuously. Here's my question. I know it's low budget. Shoot it in the damn winter. I'm sorry. You don't need to be shooting this in the summer. 
I just, as somebody who I get heat uh, exposure pretty, or I get um, heat stroke pretty easily. Mm. So like, and I am oftentimes under like very hot lights when I'm on set. So like Uh the idea, like I have had moments where I've been like in between takes and been like, I am going to fall over. Like I have, I feel very, very sick. I Mm. like my heart is like racing and like my blood's roaring in my ears. And the idea of what these actors had to be going through, I was like, no, I felt so bad for everyone. All those pit stains are real. You guys, I felt so bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, it, that's some nasty, nasty, nasty shit. And I, I don't know. I mean, I would have to imagine that some of that stuff is just cheaper to do in Texas in the summer because I know I want to do it, you know? But the thing about the South you have to remember is that in the wintertime, it's completely different. Like, it's overcast, yes. And it's not as obvious as other places like New England and middle of America. We get it. You have snow. We get it. But still, even in the South, there's some obvious like trends that you see that make it different. Like the it's overcast and all of the grass is yellow. Everything is dead. And so you're, and you're also not going to get that realistic sweat composition that they want. You can do like the fake sweat, but everybody knows it's fake. Like ain't nobody know, like ain't nobody can see like, oh, that perspiration on you is like from a spray bottle. Everyone knows. I also liked though that they were like, like their house looked straight up disgusting, but they were like, "Mm, let's make sure you get a bucket just in case there's like a spill when we bash her in the brain and I was like but y'all like look at your house though it's nasty like what it's not gonna ruin anything so, so to my, see, don't to my get mind, that on the rug yeah. don't get that on the rug so to my mind that was like when you're baking and you have like the, the like drip pan under oh because mm-hmm. you don't want to miss any of the good stuff oh oh they want the dripping That's, yeah exactly okay do you guys do any <laughs> do any uh, of you guys play dead by daylight I haven't okay it's fun it's it's a multi- I know what it is but yeah for people who don't know, it's a multiplayer uh, online video game. It's asymmetrical. So you play either as a survivor or a killer. And they actually have the IP for Leatherface. Um, but the way that the killer gets you, so you're either a survivor, which is like you're just trying to turn on generators and like run away. And you can't really offensively attack the killer. Or you're a killer who's trying to hunt people down, stop them from fixing the generators, and put them up on meat hooks. And I didn't realize, because they've got a bunch of different, they've got Silent Hill, they've got like a bunch of different collaborations. The Silent Hill one is tight, and um, Pyramid Head has a juicy ass, in case you're interested. Um, But, so they do have Leatherface, and... um, uh, I never knew that the meat hook thing was from this. So like all the killers can put you on a hook, but I was like, oh my God, it's Dead by Daylight. Like I was like, this is where <laughs> I came from. So it's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of, um, well, first of all, I mean, a lot of what happens here, I guess could arguably be the beginning of a trope or a really early iteration of something before it was fully a trope. Um, it but wasn't a, lot a trope of... yet. This is the thing that made it a cliche. Mm-hmm. Right. Like right. this was the even first it, time. Even if it existed before, this was the homage that cemented it as tradition, uh-huh. right? Like So like technically, Psycho is the first quote unquote slasher, mm-hmm. but 
really this is the first one like the gold standard of mm-hmm. uh-huh. slasher archetype and it just pulled a lot from psycho and made it uh-huh. they were like let's go there mm-hmm. instead of yeah. just making it you know in your well, head and mm-hmm. we talked about like the final girl like when we mm-hmm. were talking about discussing maybe franklin's gonna be the final boy and then he was not. i wish um but having Sally there as the final girl, that, that is such an iconic shot at the end of the movie. Like, I've seen that clip yeah, a number of times, and I'd never seen the movie before we were preparing for this episode. Um, but it, it is really compelling. I mean, just, it's beautiful and also terrible and great. Um, so, fun addition, because I'm a nerd. Um, this movie... Uh, is the one that had that inspired Carol Clover to write her book of essays about the horror genre called Men, Women, and Chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic, and it is theory, but for theory, it's like real accessible. You know, it's right. not like nice. you're reading, you know, uh, semantics or you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But it's really fun, and she's actually the one who termed who coined the term final girl. Cool. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. it came from this movie. That whole book and that term came from this movie because her friend dared her to go see this at the drive-in. And she was like, oh, I'm taking notes, bitches. I got a lot of shit to say about this. <laughs> nice. And so you have the final girl, and then we have the... Um, and and I love that she, in this book, also... And by the way, listeners, um, I set up a... Uh, bookshop affiliate link so if you if you want any of these titles that we talk about in the episodes go through the show notes and it like kicks a little bit back to us of course you can buy it wherever you want buying it and reading it is better than not buying it and not reading it but if you want to be like you get a little tip do it that way um anyway this one is called men women and chainsaws um and one way that she phrases she uh kind of defines the the term final girl is an accidental survivor uh-huh. Where like they, they don't really. They're not that smart. They're no. not that capable. They're not that strong. Or like they, they really just luck out, and that's uh-huh. what makes them survive. And Sally in the back of that pickup truck is the most iconic one. But now we have um, a resurgence of like the laughing final girl, which I think is great. Or like the oh, smiling one, where yeah. you have like the Lupita at the end of Us. Um, Danny at the end of Midsummer. Uh-huh. Um, there's there's several more. I don't want to you know spoil too many. I feel like if y'all are listening Thomason. to this podcast, you've seen those two, those three, right? Yeah, yeah. Thomason. Um, but it it really uh, it gives them more agency. Yeah, than just like that maniacal, panicked. I made it. I'm never going to be the same, but I'm still alive somehow. Accidental survival, which uh-huh. I think is really cool because if you look, if you kind of just in your mind all of the none of the women who have like the laughing final girl are really accidentally surviving like they worked their ass off Mm -hmm. and now they're making it so Mm -hmm. i think that's a pretty cool like addition and i have the i'm gonna show you all this and i'll and i'll post it on our instagram too but like this cover right isn't that dope oh that's cool and then you have like this oh the hand at the bottom yeah uh, but there's several different editions because she keeps adding on to the theory. So it's it's really mm-hmm. cool. I have the more the most recent edition with a new preface saying like, so a lot of this shit has changed in <laughs> the 70s. And so she keeps adding on to it in the introduction and being like, I would never say it like that bluntly now because that's not, I mean, like we've learned from that and it's gotten It's evolved, more, yeah. 
Yeah, it's evolved. Um, and it's gotten like more interesting than it was, than it, than it is to us now, than that old version of it would be interesting to us now. And it's yeah. like, yeah. right, whatever, I'm just going to move on. Okay, so we talked about um, another trope in here uh, is the idea of the phallic weapon, uh-huh. um, oh. particularly in a slasher, because it's a slasher, right? Like, it's a hand-to-hand combat. It's not a gun violence thing. It's not a crossbow, I'm going to shoot you from across the room. Uh-huh. It's, I'm going to take this thing and put it inside of your body. Yep. So you have that, and those are particularly associated with... Um, with uh, a sort of sexual confusion mm-hmm. um, in, in this mm-hmm. one in particular, but oftentimes. And I think there's a scene in the in the second one as well where it's like you're pretend, Leatherface is like pretending the chainsaw is his penis. Huh. I don't know. I think the second one goes way more campy than this one. Because <laughs> uh, this Sounds one's like. scary. Like this one holds up. It's spooky. Even like the Polaroid sound in the beginning with oh of, like, God, the cold yes. open is... It's like, what is that? And I feel like um, contemporary viewers would have known immediately what that was, but it took me a minute because, like, we don't have those types of Polaroids easy access. Also, like, like, I had to see this camera to see that that's what it was. The... Yeah. The in, the the opening like that of the Polaroids doing that kind of yeah. lended, kind of gave the film like a almost a crime, even though the, the film is not, but gave it kind of like a crime horror element yeah. of yeah. like that, like Silence of the Lambsy kind of mm-hmm. like maybe even Manhunter, yeah. I'd say, which is yeah. before Silence kind of, of the Lambs. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the scene, yeah. the, the set of that is based on Ed Gein's, uh, place where he murdered people. Lair. Yeah. Lair. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you know where he that, had the skin suit yeah. and the lampshade and the belt. Yeah. That's cool. So, so that house, the house yeah. itself, the, the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Um, is no longer at that location. If you were to visit it today, that you'd never know there was a house in there. Because it has been straight up picked up and moved. And now it's the site of a restaurant. What? Um, in Texas. <laughs> is it a barbecue restaurant? Please tell me it is. Uh, not particularly, but it's Texas. I oh. wouldn't be surprised if they have it. Weirdly, that house um, changed hands a lot um, over the years. Not in a sinister way, just that it changed hands a lot. So mm-hmm. a lot of different people did grow up in the house. And they frequently visit the restaurant just to be like, I wanted to walk to my old bedroom. So wait, so the restaurant, is there any? Because I read about that a little bit too. And I didn't find any information about this. But... Is it affiliated with, like, is it just, like, come to the diner? Or is it, like, come to the (laughs) diner where all of this started and they have, like, you know, the Leatherface scramble or, like, or is it not that at all? I don't think so. Uh, From what I, from what I, information I was able to find, it's, it's not, like, it's not, it's not not acknowledged. It's not, like, people do go there because it is the slaughterhouse. Right. But it's not, that wasn't the entire intent Mm -hmm. of opening the rest it's not like a novelty restaurant (laughs) exactly it's not a novelty restaurant so it's it's acknowledged it is incorporated into their the identity establishment but it's not like it's not like they're pretending all of their food is human flesh (laughs) which that's the restaurant i want to go to that is so funny i i do feel like that's a a trope that goes along with the country 
the country folk one that I think Kelly brought it up earlier where it's like, oh, people who live in the country are scary and kind of stupid and like a little violent. And it's, I don't like that depiction because as you can probably hear, I'm pretty country and a lot of my family is pretty country. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I just, it's also, classist. it just kind of seems like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, when we were talking about homage, I totally forgot mm-hmm. to mention uh, like pl- things that, pay homage to this is the episode of the x-files home mm-hmm. which is like straight seen, up it's so scary it's really scary it's really it's like maybe the scariest episode of that show but that's another one oh, that's yeah. like straight up like yo remember texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> yeah there's yeah, yeah y'all want to hear my list right quick of the things i thought of mm-hmm. that paid homage to this yeah so yeah. um silence of the lambs no country for old men um american psycho he has it playing uh, as his pornography in the background, <gasps> Patrick Bateman does. I didn't know yeah. that. Um, Hush, kind of, because it's a similar premise, except for the Franklin character is um, the hero, mm-hmm. um, and and she does. Well, never mind. If y'all haven't listened to that episode, go listen. I won't spoil any more of the similarities or differences. Um, and then Jeepers Creepers, uh, and I feel Jeepers like I thought Creepers, of a few more, but those are the big time. Big time. Another one is The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, yes that's another one eyes. I was thinking of. That movie is fucked up. Yes, I remember, it is. Yeah. I, that's really scary. It's it's like next level, like messed up. And even the uh, the remake is like janked. That's the <laughs> only one I've seen, I think, is the one from like early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, when he was dragging her... I was really surprised because I honestly thought that he was going to try to rape her. Um, but this movie yep. is about cannibals and they're not even a little bit interested in that. They're just interested in the meat that they're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're chicken. Yes. I was oddly relieved. Dude, yeah. you know, the, 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 the cannibalism is a metaphor for rape. As opposed to all the other times that rape is a metaphor for everything else, anything bad, anything <laughs> just, bad that yeah. can happen to a human, like it, like the rape is the worst thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of going back to what you're saying, I was relieved that all of the violence was like non-gendered in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like people were getting killed left and right, and it didn't really matter. And it and and I think kind of based off of what you were saying, Mary Kay, how she seems to be, she is a survivor by luck, right? Because like mm-hmm. she just doesn't go to the house when other people go to the house which i think it's not like oh he was obsessed with her right this is she's not sydney she's not right like it, it's just like oh you came in the wrong place like you should not have come here it's dinner time all this killing is just Leatherface being like, I'm tired of all these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Yeah, but like, like he's just in really, this house. <laughs> exactly. He's just so annoyed with these strange hotties yeah. crawling up in his business that he's got to brain them. Mm-hmm. That that girl has her whole back and legs out. I know. I was like, dang. Yeah. Okay, first of all, you do look amazing. But also, like, you're going to get a lot of negative attention for this. She also... Um, 
was not well guarded for running through scratchy brushes because no. oh my god oh. you guys were you laughing out loud when he was hitting her with a broom yes I was, <laughs> I was like so hard well and talk about a gendered inversion right yeah like, he is attacking her with a domestic object that isn't right. actually a weapon she's the one she's the one with the phallic weapon yeah yeah but i was like no this shouldn't work honey no by the time sally gets there he's just like been doing so much killing. He's so, <laughs> so tired. tired. He's really tired. He's so I busy. I want to lean in. I want to lie down. Yeah. He's Ali Wong. One of the tropes that they bet on in Cabin in the Woods is, uh, or one of the things they have to do is go past the harbinger. And yep. that guy is the harbinger mm-hmm. who's saying, like, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read that in retrospect as just stay here so we don't have to chase you. Oh, I like, see. Because remember, he doesn't want to be the one who's killing. He doesn't he doesn't get anything from it. He right. doesn't take any pleasure from it. No, he does not. But you know what he does get pleasure from, which I was also cracking up at when she's like in the bag in his car and he just is like <laughs> poking her with the broom. I was like, stop. You got her. <laughs> that opening narration, actually, like the new stuff worked for me, too, but. Specifically, that opening narration over the the text. Look, I don't know if it's just because, like, I'm a Star Wars girl or it's just because I'm a fantasy girl. And so many fantasy movies have a little bit of that, like, here's what the story really is at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, maybe it's just because I've heard, the, maybe I've just heard the SVU intro so many times <laughs> that, that, like, I need it now. But that worked on me. And you know, that's John Larroquette from Night Court. That is John Larroquette reading that. He, to this day, has never seen the movie. Oh. <laughs> he was like, it seemed gross. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those those weren't his exact words, but it was basically like, I felt like I understood He said, ew, no. I love that. Words. I love when actors, like, don't either, like, very, very much do not understand what's happening in a movie that they're in. Like that reminds me of Piper Laurie thinking to this day that the movie Carrie is a comedy because she's like, um, my character acts so like over the top. There's yeah. no way this could be serious, but she kills it in that role. So I, I love that. I love when people are just like, oh, well, yeah. So like Alec Guinness and the first in Star Wars was like, I don't have any idea what's happening in this script. I'm just going to show up and say the words in order. And then the same thing happened in, what was it? Is the Mandalorian with um, um, Herzog, uh, Werner Herzog? Oh, yeah, Werner Herzog, yeah. Yeah, he was like, oh, I don't know what any of this is. No, he's just like, I just love Baby Yoda. Wait, okay, Mary Kay, you got this note here that says the golden hour shots. And I feel like that could mean a lot of things outside of the context of filmmaking. (laughs) Um. Um, (laughs) The way I meant it was just the ending shots of Leatherface spinning around in the cornfield in the golden hour and how it's just, it's so beautiful. Uh And I feel like it's such a strong image to end on that, it just was worth mentioning. Also, I was so worried when we were talking about this episode because it, or we were talking about this movie because it's been, you know, talked about to death. I was like, how are we going to say anything new about this? And we did it a lot well, for a long time. <laughs> I, so, I, I hope yeah. at least something we said was funny or new. I mean, my, okay, my last note is that when Sally runs up to that Mack truck, 
that uh-huh. trucker is so ready to help. And he that is so is. uncommon. And I love him for it. And also he is, I think, our only person of color in the entire he is. film. He is. So did anyone think up an especially fun closer as we went? What, what about what cut of a human do you uh-huh. think would be like the best and while y'all are thinking about it i just have to say that when the hitchhiker starts talking about head cheese remember that Uh one of mine and rachel's classmates when we were at georgia college made head cheese from the sarah lynn's made from like the the meat of the face of a cow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then she wrote an essay about it and i was like Where'd you learn about this? And I'm pretty sure she said no. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. But it's also, yeah, but it's also, I mean, you know, you don't waste the animal. No. Uh-huh. Like a, and honestly, like it sounds pretty good. Look, I've I've had beef cheek before and it's pretty tender. Uh-huh. So I could see that a person would use face. I bet humans taste like shit. I'm just saying because we're just so full of preservatives yeah. and yeah, we don't mm-hmm. taste good. I'm I'm just gonna take like a big hawk of someone's ass, you know, it's like a big chunk, like a, a flank, butt. a flank, a flank, mm-hmm. a flank, a haunch of <laughs> I don't even. Um, and I think it's really been best prepared like a steak, you know, like let it come to room temperature. I see. Oh, are you gonna refrigerate it uh, in the fridge for like a couple days, not covered? Because that's yeah, how you're dry, aging it. Like yeah. dry, yeah, dry age it. Then season real simple salt pepper, um, sear it, and maybe a little garlic. Like I'd like, I'd rather make like a garlic butter dressing Yum. and add that after the mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. Well, this was a damn delight, and I am hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> One time at at uh, a gathering at my dad's side of the family, who's very conservative, we were waiting on dinner, and I was like. So at this table, who would you eat first? <laughs> you had to, if it was in a survival situation. And me and my dad and my cousin all said the baby. <laughs> yeah, baby can't fight back. It's easy. Easily well, done. I just thought it would be like, I know, we it's were like, really hungry. Well, it's like veal, tender. Well, and also, I don't know, old meat, not as good. It's jerky. <laughs> yeah. It's like stringy. So speaking of children, up next, our uh, first it's our birthday episode, first of all. Doth it is our birthday. In the immortal mm-hmm. words of Michael Scott. So yes. we'll be doing a little bit of a gift exchange. And that should be fun. And then we're also going to discuss La Llorona. Not the curse of, but just La Llorona. I don't have any clue where it'll be streaming in a couple of weeks, but I can tell you on Twitter in a minute. Right now it's on Shudder, I think. Okay, good, good. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you don't have Shudder, why are you listening to this show? Slash, borrow your friends, and everything will be well. Thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. This has been the mostest fun. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I'm so glad you could come on. This was wonderful. It was so fun. Thank you, thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to check out the other shows on Campfire Media. Don't forget to check out those books Mary Kay was talking about. And my book. The Making of a Murderer. Jane Toppin, 
I, do, I can't even remember the title in order at this point. It's so <laughs> it's many really words. It's a title. <laughs> Jane? Yeah, America's first female serial killer. Cool. What? Yeah. I'm buying it. Okay. Get Mary Kay's book. Get some books through our link. Go listen to <laughs> Kelly's podcasts. And thank you for listening and being so cool. And we love you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. bye. Hello, Campfire Media listeners. My name is Kelly Nugent, and I wanted to introduce you to my new narrative horror podcast, Exile. I wrote, performed, produced, and mixed this show, and the hauntingly beautiful music was composed by Annalise Nelson. The first episode is already out, and new episodes come out Thursdays, available wherever you get your podcasts. In the post-post-post-apocalyptic future, a young woman is exiled from the small religious enclave of Haven for a crime she did not commit. Lurking in the surreal horror of the wilds are beasts and fiends, but these monsters illuminate her past, her relationships, and the circumstances surrounding her exile. This is her audio diary. It's been 64 days since I've left Haven. I despise going against council orders, but I have to find my way back. I fumbled to fold my slip, but a man next to me shouted, It's her! It's her! The electricity in my skull felt like the buzzing of cicadas, and all I knew was that I had to destroy her lest I be consumed by madness. The creator gives you this woman as a wife. Do you accept? He lurched forward, his face descending onto mine. I turned my face and he fell into the crook of my neck. The impact of his cheek on mine burst his skin and maggots spilled out onto my neck and into my lap. Exile was not a gift. I would kill them all. I'm afraid to go in. I'm afraid that it'll feel the same. I'm afraid that it'll feel different. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like it, leave a kindly review on Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe. That is the thing that helps a baby podcast the most. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, this is Adam Peacock from My Neighbors Are Dead. For the full month of October, My Neighbors Are Dead is going all in on the Friday the 13th series. And the best part is, we're up in our episodes to twice per week as we talk to all kinds of crazy characters from the world of Camp Crystal Lake, played by tons of amazing guests. Two episodes per week, all month long. Join us for My Neighbors Are Dead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.